The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931 381 2663 or visit mtbj.net. Good morning, Southern Middle Tennessee. This is Maurice Patton with Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Coming at you on a Monday morning from West 7th here in Columbia. Got J.P. Plant alongside. Chris Yao supposedly finishing up a vacation. Should be with us for tomorrow's show. That's the hope anyway. Um... Not sure if Chris would call this a beautiful Monday morning or not. I'm less inclined to do so. Beautiful um, because we're here, Mo. Well, there we go. Yep. That, and that's that's kind of the um, that's the, the attitude he takes. It's um, 37 degrees and cloudy out. It's cold. It's winter. Uh, yeah. Winter it, feeling. Much unlike some of the weekend, actually. Mm-hmm. It was really nice over the weekend. It was. I was um, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. But, um... Winter is coming, as as they say somewhere. That's right. Um, yeah. In the north, hey, winter we, is coming. Yeah. Hey, we got plenty to talk about today, yes. as we typically do on Mondays. Um, it's really a loaded show. We had pretty much a full slate of high school basketball over the weekend. Um, had some college football goings on, both on and off the field. Uh, some interesting. Occurrences in the NFL yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, as all, as we always do on Monday, we're going to catch up with um, the voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters, to um, get an update on all things MTSU. Got a little middle school basketball to talk about as well. Oh hey. Yeah. Hey, look at you. Hey, throw a little curveball every <laughs> now and then. Got to keep them off. Middle balance. school, baby. Yeah. So, um, like I said. A lot to talk about this morning. In the second hour, like I said, we're going to catch up with Chip Walters, um, talk a little MTSU athletics. Uh, also in the second hour, we are going to um, bring in John Bryce from footballscoop.com to um, kind of talk a little bit about the Tennessee-Vanderbilt game, mm. the LSU-Florida game. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> and um, Black Sunday. It's uh, yeah. It uh, started to feel that way yesterday. Uh, even though you know, there's you know, some conferences still have a week to go. Uh, that didn't stop uh, one team in in our neck of the woods. It didn't stop one team in our neck of the woods, mm-hmm. and it didn't stop a couple of other teams as well. Um, you know, John. Um, watching social media as I often do. On Sundays, one one particular you talk about that one team in our neck of the woods. Um, Auburn decided to move on from Gus Malzahn yesterday. All Auburn did was go six and four this year. But um, so Malzahn has a buyout after eight years at Auburn of twenty one million and some change. Good for him. Apparently, ten and a half of which is due within the next thirty days. Hello, 
Merry Christmas to Gus. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. And so so here's my thing. <laughs> F- folks are trying to say, where is he going to go next? I say he's going home. I, I exp- Yeah. Probably. Hey, T- take my- a little break. He's earned take it. A, take a big break. He yep. has earned it because I went back and I kind of looked over his um his bio. Gus is fifty five years old. He just turned fifty five in late no uh, late October. Okay. He began his coaching career in nineteen ninety one in the high school ranks over in Arkansas. Yeah. Spent a year as a defensive coordinator at a school over there, and then he became head coach at that school. Um, had a couple of other spots, most notably at Springdale just outside of Fayetteville, which um, was where he had five Power Five signees one year, four of which went to Arkansas, along with him. That's getting it done. Now, I don't know if he went before them or they went before him or if they all went together, but one of them was the quarterback, Mitch Mustaine. You you may remember that name. Um, Thus began his college odyssey funny how that works uh sometimes the coach goes with uh these star players nice. yeah it's funny how that works that's um yeah it's a nice little coincidence but um <laughs> he was at arkansas he was at tulsa got the head coaching job at arkansas state and um you know went on from there my point is he's been pushing that big boulder uphill for 30 years he's 55 uh-huh. he's gonna have 10 and a half mil in the bank in the next month, not counting whatever he might have already. Why does he have to go anywhere? You know, I think it's a good point, Mo. It you know, he can he can sit back and wait for the right fit. He can sit back and wait for no fit. That's true. That's true. He doesn't have to he, he could just go and coach some high school football somewhere, be in a be a coordinator. He can go and get in an R V uh-huh. oh, and yeah. go wherever he wants to and do like whatever that. he wants to. Here I think I could more than comfortably live on a hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's got ten and a half mil coming within the next <laughs> month. That's a hundred thousand a year for the next hundred years. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do anything. When you put it that way, Mo, that's uh, <laughs> uh yeah. I I don't initially see him as a TV guy. What about you? I don't. I, I don't I, necessarily I, think he has the personality yeah. for that. I mean, I think he'd bring some great insight, but I, I just don't know that that's his thing. Now, you know, I threw that out there on on a social media platform that I frequent, and someone <laughs> said it. You know, it's ego, and and I obviously there is a big there there is a large degree of ego in every football coach, well, pretty sure. much at any level, and so. To be in charge, you got to have a little bit of confidence about you. Mm-hmm. Some could construe that as ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But, again, um, I think there was some interest shown on his part in the Vanderbilt position at one time or some interest in Vanderbilt's part in him at that, one time. That was going to be my question. Does he slide into that potential mix? If you're Vandy, do you make a call? I think you do make a call if you're Vandy. I mean, he's proven in the SEC. Again, he's 6 and 4, which is what six more than Vanderbilt's got mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you you make the call. Uh you're not surprised if it goes unanswered though. Yeah. Where does Auburn go? 
I don't know. I mean, aren't you just waiting around for Saban to retire so you can maybe try to shift the balance of power in that state eventually? Because it's not happening with Saban now, it's, right? It's not happening as long as he's there, but you want to make it close. You know, everybody seems to think Hugh Freeze and that, you know, he who hesitates, parentheses Tennessee, <laughs> yeah. is lost. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think Hugh Freeze is a good fit at Auburn. You know, I think you're going to hear the name Scott Satterfield again, which I don't know if you're Louisville, how much longer you let that stuff go on. I mean, he was mentioned heavily in the South Carolina mix, mm-hmm. and um, ultimately they went in a different direction with Shane Beamer. I don't know where Auburn goes, and 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 I think that's a problem for Auburn because I'm not sure that Auburn knows where Auburn goes. <laughs> well, you hope as as you know, you and Chris talk about all the time that if you make a move, you you better have a, an idea, an of, idea of where you're going, not just saying, okay, we got to make a change now. What? But when South Carolina made their change with Will Muschamp and Hugh Freeze kept coming up, the talk about Freeze was. He's the guy that has beaten Nick Saban. Of course, South Carolina and Alabama don't play every year, so that argument didn't really hold water. Mm-hmm. But he's still the guy that has beaten Saban multiple, multiple times. times. So has Gus Malzahn, by the way. Uh, now, he had some uh, really good quarterbacks when it happened. Uh, Cam Newton won in particular. But um, maybe that's maybe that's part of the fit. Maybe that's what they're looking at. Maybe they're putting all their chips in on Hugh Freeze because he's beaten Nick Saban in Alabama. And uh, his type of offense, I think, would fit at uh, Auburn. Can be a little quirky sometimes. Yeah, and and maybe that is maybe that is the play for them, and maybe that's why they made the move. Hey, Hugh Freeze is out there. Not sure how much longer he's going to be out there. We dodged a bullet with South Carolina. We need to go ahead and and get this done up. Yep. And you know, if that's the play for Auburn, then kudos to him. I don't know that Hugh Freeze is the guy at Tennessee. I yeah, I don't either. C- certainly not with Philip Fulmer as the athletic director. Now, how long will he be the AD? <laughs> um, that that's a different story. Um, you know, I'm 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 getting uh, a couple of messages. Twenty four seven Sports dot com reporting that uh, Auburn power players interested in Lane Kiffin. <laughs> what do you think about Kiffin train? The Lane train going oh. to Auburn. The Plains. You know? Would he leave Ole Miss? Well, it wouldn't be the first time a coach has left Ole Miss <laughs> to go to Auburn. And, and if On your way the, to a U.S. Senate exactly. seat. Exactly. And so if, if that is the case, is it Senator Lane Kiffin? Right. Is that the next play? Can you imagine? No, no I can't. Uh, Senator. Well, I don't know, though. You know, he, he might fit in in Washington. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is that. So, um, you know, again. Never a dull moment in the Southeastern Conference, even in a year where it was thought, well, no one will lose their job in the midst of a global pandemic. Yeah. Well, you know, Derek Mason on line one. Yep. Um, If we ever thought, uh, certainly not in 2020. Well, that's the most 2020 thing we could think of. (laughs) So, um, like I said, Interesting stuff, interesting weekend. We're going to catch up in the second hour with John Bryce with footballscoop.com to talk a little bit more about that. Um, 
like I said, we got some middle school hoops that, that took place over the weekend. That I always was, love getting that, to that middle school. That that's, that's always fun, right? Deserves a, yeah. deserves a mention here. Um, the Murray County Middle School Small Class Tournament Championships took place Saturday out at Cullioca. Um, they deserve a little background music little, as you little, go through a little, little middle school music. A little yeah. bit. There we go. Yeah. Um, in the girls' championship game, Kalioka's Kendall Reichman, 20 points. Hey. 14 in the opening half. Kalioka gets up on Mount Pleasant, 20-8 to eight at the break, and hangs on for a 32-26 victory. And I say hangs on because Lily Dodge for Mount Pleasant scored 14 of her 19 in the second half. Wow. Fast and furious comeback for the Lady Tigers, ultimately falling short. Kalioka, the small class girls champions in Murray County by a 32-26 decision over Mount Pleasant. On the boys' side, Santa Fe defeats Mount Pleasant 57-33. Santa Fe's eighth grader, Alden Slaughter, 34 points. Macon Atkinson, another 14 for the Wildcats. And that 34 is significant for Mr. Slaughter because over a three-year middle school career, it gives him 1,010 points. Wow. wow. <laughs> 34 points 30. in a game. They play six-minute quarters, right? High school's eight. You might be right. Middle plays six, they, right? I, I believe you're right. Yeah. That's a, 34 points in a 24-minute game. That's getting it done. Isn't you it? do the math. You listener, not us. <laughs> no, yeah, no. We said no, there'd be no math. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what we said. There'd be no math. Yeah. But um Santa Fe Boys 57, Mount Pleasant 33 in the small school championship. Last year they did they did a small school tournament and a large school tournament, and then the finalists from both met for the county final four. Okay. Uh apparently the large schools, the small schools being Santa Fe, Cullioka, Mount Pleasant, and Hampshire. The large schools being Battle Creek, E.A. Cox, Spring Hill, and Whitthorn. Apparently, the large schools chose not to play their tournament this year, so there will be no Final Four, which is kind of unfortunate. Hmm. But, I mean, and it is 2020. Yeah. So, congratulations to the Wildcats and the Lady Warriors as the Murray County Small Class Middle school champions. It's a mouthful. They're <laughs> champions regardless. Hey, That's the only one that matters. Try writing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> there's copy and paste, but <laughs> there is there is coverage of the day's events on the website sm tnsports.com. So check that out. There you go. Um when we come back from this break, we're gonna visit with former and new <laughs> Ravenwood High School football coach, Will Hester. I heard I was back in town, as the great Jimmy Buffett said. (laughs) Yeah. Guess who's back in town? The boys are back. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay with us. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. 
Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Um... You're into the second segment of the Monday morning show. I'm Maurice Patton along with J.P. Plant. Chris Yao, still playing hooky. Says he'll be back tomorrow. I guess we'll just wait to see. I think he's itching to get back. Uh, I think he's itching to be on the show. I don't know. Well, he probably is itching yeah. to be on the show. I don't know that he's itching to be back because it's up in the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, and the pictures of dinner. The yeah. pictures of dinner, uh-huh. the pictures of the view, yeah. you know. Appreciate you, Chris. Yeah, we're thinking about you, too. That's all right. <laughs> you know you know how we get back at Chris for taking two days off, though? What's up? We talked to Alabama football coaches. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. He's not an Alabama football coach. <laughs> He's a Tennessee football coach, and we're so happy to have him back. Will Hester. Um Former coach at Ravenwood went thirty-eight and four in three seasons with a state, a state runner-up finish and a state championship. Uh, spent a couple of years over at Nolansville getting that program started. The last three years down at Florence, and he's back home, and he's with us here on one hundred one seven FM, WKOM, WKRM dot com, Front Porch Radio. So um, get it turned on. And let's see, what brings Will Hester home? Mama calls. Mama calls. You got to come home, man. Well, now, now, when you say mama, do you mean your mama? Because you graduated from Brentwood. I did. My mama is across the street from Brentwood. <laughs> well, there you go. It's um, it sometimes it's as simple as that. Here's my thing, Will. Uh, again. Congratulations. Welcome back. Um, can't tell you how happy I was to hear it when when I did hear that this was going down. But, man, how did y'all keep this thing so quiet? I don't know. You know, this is uh, the football coaching world is the, the biggest bunch of rumor mongers in the history of, uh, history of anything. So, as I can, I'm concerned, you know, it, it was uh, uh, an epic job of everybody keeping it quiet and keeping it on the deadline. It really happened super fast, so that really was the main thing. I mean, days actually. Really? Uh, you know, if I learned anything over the course of the pandemic, is that you know, seeing friends lose loved ones and, and being in a different state from my parents, uh, that family's the most important thing. Uh, you know, money's money and Alabama does things a little bit differently, so they're able to, you know, to compensate people differently. But uh, in the end, 
having my family home and the same good code uh, was a big deal for me. And, and to be have the opportunity to go back and do it where we've done it before and have success, uh, you know, to me that made it uh, all that more special and all that easy. You say days. How many? <laughs> uh, I mean, we might even go hours. Uh, we made the decision as a family, you know, a couple of weeks ago, let me spend the course of, 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 you know, months deciding that, that we were going to come home, uh, that it was important for us to get back home. And then once that happened, uh, it was more about, you know, finding an opportunity. Uh, you know, Coach Daniels and I have spent a lot of time talking together about how we run a program and how to do those things. I think a lot of that. And, uh, you know, just happened to, you know, be reaching out and found out that, you know, he was considering, you know, some same issues that he wanted to spend some more time with his young daughter and his wife. And, and uh, you know, it kind of just was a perfect storm. Apparently, you know, um, when when coaches coaching changes are that quiet, like you said, um, it it's kind of a journalist nightmare because it just kind of comes up out of nowhere. But um, kudos to to everybody involved, really, for being able to keep that under wraps. And and as I said, when you can say this guy's leaving, this guy's coming in, boom, we're done. <laughs> That's about as clean as it gets, and it doesn't really happen that way very often. Um, Matt Daniels in four years at Ravenwood, 40 and 13. All he did was go to the quarterfinals his first year, the semifinals his second year, state runner up in 19, finished seven and five, and lost in the second round to Region 66A rival Franklin this past season. Um, so it's not like you are taking on a rebuilding program as you head back to East Brentwood. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a total different feel and situation compared to the last time uh, we were coming in. Uh, you know, last time we were coming in, we've been in the playoffs in several years, and, and the program was in a complete different spot. Now, you like to think that some of the stuff that we did, uh, you know, carried over and helped lay the groundwork for some of the success that they've had recently, but you, know, you can't take anything away from what Matt and those guys did. They you know, have done a great job of continuing to push forward and, uh, you know, look at the the school as a whole has a lot of success in women's soccer, uh, a lot of success in, in many of the sports in the school. And, you know, this school was established in 2002, and they've had one principal in the history of the school, and that's, you know, Dr. Pam Bateman. You know, she has to receive a lot of the credit as uh, a successful school across athletics. And, and you know, someone, um, someone hit me up on Twitter over the weekend, and, and the comment that in our conversation was they obviously think the world of Hester, he left them and they take them back odd in this day to see that. Um, I think this, this situation speaks well to you as, as this individual said that, that you could leave a program and still be able to come back for Hester part do. Yeah. And you know, you, you, you hope and pray that you know, the success, can rival the success that we had last year. Obviously, it was a perfect storm, 38 and 4 in three years. It's hard to duplicate uh, anywhere. But I think it's a testament to, to all those involved. Obviously, uh, when we left uh, to go help start Owensville High School, you know, not many opportunities you get a chance to build something literally from nothing. Uh, you know, and that was the draw to that situation. But, you know, I was a younger man then. 
uh, hadn't reached the age of 40 and they have desires and, and goals and dreams and things that you want to accomplish. And, you know, to be honest, man, I think I kind of sowed my wild oats, if you will, uh, and, you know, truly figured out what the most important things are to me, and that's being in a community that I know and love at a school that is very special to my family and, and with the success that we've had before and, and just its proximity to, to where my folks live. And, you know, I would have been a student of Lakewood High School had it existed when I was a high school student. You know, my parents living across the road here. And, uh, you know, but also Dr. Vaden, you know, welcoming me back. You know, like you said, uh, you know, when we parted ways, you know, it, it was painful and everybody was upset, but time healed some of those wounds. And she and I have kept in contact uh, over the course of the five years that I've been gone and we were, remained close and, uh, and, you know, it just made it the transition to come back a little bit easier. When I look at your coaching career, Will, it's a testament to the fact that you can't necessarily define a guy by his first coaching experience. I've always gotten a little bit of a kick out of the fact that you won more games in each of your three seasons at Ravenwood than you won over your entire three-year tenure at Laverne from 07 to 09. Um, the opportunity – I also think – I think, Mo, also, I mean, it, you know, it's just kind of the way it works for a lot of people. So, you know, some of my mentors, right, Gary Rankin, first head coaching job, Smith County, uh, of his uh, 16, 17 state championships, they're none from Smith County, right? right. So, Roy Crawford, his first head coaching job uh, was Coffee County. Coffee County. Now, n- nobody remembers him being the head coach at Coffee County, but it helped – those jobs helped mold those guys. Uh, into the coaches that they are today. Uh, I truly believe that, you know, my time at Laverne better prepared me for the jobs that I've had since than maybe I would have had I had, you know, a lot of success starting out just because, you know, n- there is no teacher like failure. And, uh, you know, 9-21, and 21, that's not a great record. And you, you, know, you have to do a lot of things and you learn a lot about it yourself, right? You learn a lot about how to – uh, you know, battle adversity and push through when things aren't good. So it gives you a chance to really understand and save those things when things do go well. Uh, it makes it all that much more enjoyable. But I do think that, you know, a lot of coaches take that same path where maybe that first opportunity, you maybe you're too young or maybe there's, you know, some unknowns there that, you know, impede your success starting out the gate. But uh, I think it prepares you for your jobs down the road. So with your two stops since uh, Ravenwood the first time, what do you bring back? Well, you know, the ability to start something from scratch at Nolensville uh, and, and be involved in that, you know, playing JV the first year, uh, you know, was big for us. You know, you just open a school building with just freshmen and sophomores. And, you know, you're starting from nothing. You're building facilities. You're establishing culture. You're establishing the foundation of what the tradition will be. And, and then that second year, we were blessed enough to, to make the playoffs in 4A and, and not only make the playoffs, but upset Livingston Academy, who was the one seed uh, from the opposing region, and then to play Maplewood in that second round uh, down to the last play of the game. You know, winning state championships and, and all those kinds of things are special, but, you know, not many schools can say that they were a second-round playoff team with no one. Uh, of senior age in the entire school building and very few people that could even drive themselves to school. Uh, and then to go to 
to Alabama and compete, you know, in my mind, against some of the very best programs in the country, the Hoovers and the Thompsons of the world. You know, you're playing against, you know, Talia Tungavaloa and, and all those guys. Uh, it gives you definitely the opportunity to see, you know, if, you know, what you consider to be your values and philosophies as a coach will play uh, at the highest level. And, you know, we took Florence to the 7A playoffs for the first time ever in school history, uh, you know, back-to-back years, our first two years there. And, you know, we're able to beat Mountain Brook in, in the first round of the playoffs in a home game the second year and, and make it to the quarterfinals and lose to the eventual state championship in that deal. Uh, this year, it's been tough for everybody. We only got the opportunity to play six times uh, at Florence this year, lost four games to COVID-19. Uh, which in the end kept us out of the, out of the playoffs this year down there. But, uh, you know, we've loved our time at Florence. It's a wonderful town, wonderful place. If, not, if you haven't been there, it's a great place to visit. Uh, but in the end, uh, the opportunity to come back home and reunite our family uh, was the biggest, biggest deal. Again, we're visiting with Will Hester, state champion in 2015 at Ravenwood, who is returning to the helm of the Raptors following the unexpected resignation of Matt Daniels after four seasons. Um, I know you've kept up with that program. I know you've been back in the area. It's not that far from Florence back up here anyway, but you know, what, what are your feelings about that program as you step back into it? You know, obviously they've had a bunch of success. You know, don't really know where the roster stands and where graduation and all that, but I know that they've done a phenomenal job of, of competing at the highest level in Tennessee and you know, one year removed from playing for a state championship. And, uh, you know, this year had a brutal schedule, you know, playing Pulaski Academy, who over the weekend won the state championship in Arkansas, you know, playing probably what's going to be the national champion this year in IMG. Uh, you know, so the tough stretch around another state champion in CPA. I mean, there's three non-region games for the Raptors against a national champion and two state champions. So uh, what a brutal schedule that those guys played and played it admirably. Uh, so you know, obviously those kids know how to compete. You know, we're not starting over. We're not having to you know, build a lot of things. We're going to continue along the same paths. Uh, you know, obviously the amount of different guys, the things that we uh, value are similar in a lot of ways, but different. You know, what I mean, so trying to you know build this Ravenwood team going forward in, in kind of the likeness of what we want to see, and and uh, hopefully the success will continue to follow. You know, um, there's a reclassification that begins next football season. Here's what Region 7-6A will look like. You've got Ravenwood, which won a state championship in 2015 under Will Hester, who will be the coach. You've got Independence, which won a state championship in 2015 under Scott Blade, who will be the coach. You've got Summit, who won a state championship Ten days ago, under Brian Coleman, who will be the coach. Um, so you're talking about four programs. Oh, I'm sorry. And you've got Brentwood that played for a state championship a little over a week ago with Ron Crawford, who will be the coach. You've got four programs in that region that have won or played for a state championship in the last five years, plus Franklin that went to the quarters this past year, and Centennial. You sure this Murder is what row, you, you you sure this is what you want to do? Absolutely, man. Can you imagine? <laughs> first off, 
some of those guys are basically all those guys are some of my best friends in the entire world. Uh, you know, in order to compete against them for week in and week out basis, you know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, I would beg to ask anyone to find a region in this state, maybe a region in the country, that has the level of coaching that you're going to see week in and week out. And then to make it all better, Mo, is, you know, everybody used to talk, well, you know, they just got to beat up on each other and then beat someone like Whitehaven and White Station for one game to make it to the finals. Not anymore, big guy. Now we match up with Memphis in the first three rounds of the mm-hmm. playoffs. So, to me, uh, not only is the region tough, but your playoff road is that much tougher. And that's what it's all about. I mean, you know, it makes the hair on my neck stand up and talk about the opportunity uh, to coach weekend and while week in and week out in this league and then go play Memphis in the first three rounds of the playoffs. The teams that come out of here will be that much more prepared to play uh, the perennial winner of Maryville and Oakland. <laughs> uh, Appointment football, we call it around here. Oakland, Maryville in the state semifinals in 6A. Um, will Hester, former, current Ravenwood football coach, Thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Um, look forward to seeing you in person here before long. It's very rare you get to chat with a Hall of Famer, and anytime I get the chance, I'm going to do it. <laughs> there you go. I appreciate you, Will. And um, like I said, we'll catch up. All right, we'll see you, buddy. Thank you. JP? It does kind of make the hair on your back and your neck stand up when you talk about that region seven six a and what it's going to look like next year. Yeah, when you when you laid all that out um, <laughs> on paper, yeah, it slaps you in the face. It gets your attention, doesn't it? Absolutely. Donnie Webb is coaching a state championship game as well. It's been a little longer, but you know, um, and my Centennial Cougars kind of the odd man out there. But we'll see what. There are no slouch though. We'll see what Coach Kreisky can get done here. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little high school basketball from around the area and um, see what took place this weekend. Um, thanks for staying with us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Come on back. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. JP's reading my mind over here, coming back in on some Chuck Berry. You can never go wrong with Chuck. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 
a lot of hoops over the weekend. Yeah, everybody trying to get in uh, basketball when they can. Hey, it yeah. is a daily proposition. It, it so. really is. We've got um we've got this week's schedule up on the website at Southern Middle at SM-TNSports.com, and the last line on there is schedule subject to change without prior notice. So um, big asterisk, bold, yellow, whatever you want to put on, highlight it. Yes, subject to change. Subject to change. So call before you go, or you know, don't be don't be disappointed if you get there and there's an empty gym or. Whatever else, or follow Mo and Chris on Twitter. That's you, a that's a good place. You can do that. Yep. We we do try when we know of games that aren't taking place that were supposed to take place <laughs> to um to get that out there. So you can follow um you can follow at SM TN Sports. You can follow at Chris Yao fourteen. Although he may not necessarily be posting that kind of thing right now. Not today. Yeah. Yeah. Or but. you can follow at Mo Patton underscore Sports. And if you're not already, shame on you. That's right. Anyway. We'll take you, though. Um, like I said, a lot of hoops over the weekend. Um, Friday night, we'll run through some scores and, and some some highlights. Um, Columbia Central improving to 6-2 and two on the year with a big 64-15 victory over Valor Collegiate, a charter school out of Nashville. Um, Mount Pleasant girls with some dramatics on the road. Addison Workman hits a layup as time expires to give the Lady Tigers a 53-51 overtime victory at Cornersville. Fayetteville girls 46, Kalioka 23. Hampshire girls 51, Perry County 42, and Columbia Academy girls defeated Zion 63-20 out at Zion. On the boys' side, um, Columbia Central got 21 points from Cam Johnson and 20 from Q Martin in a 78-52 win over Valor Collegiate. Um, Mount Pleasant defeated Cornersville 51-31. Um, Tip Marlowe with 16 points in that victory for the Tigers. Um, I'm sorry. Tip with 12. DeMarcus Brown with 10 in that victory. My bad, Tip. Um, Kalioka took host Fayetteville to the wire, as Chris Yao said they would. So, Chris Tradamus, maybe. You know, Kalioka uh, can be... Uh can be a little sneaky. You saw them. I saw Who them play Lawrence them County. Okay, you saw them uh-huh. against Lawrence County. Chris saw them against Perry County in a 82-72 game. I think Perry County won it, but really impressed with Kalioka, with Landon Andrews in particular. Like I said, Kalioka goes to Fayetteville, takes the Tigers to the wire in a 47-46 Fayetteville victory. Um in District 11, AAA action, Ravenwood boys defeat at Spring Hill 76-41. Uh, Perry County defeats Hampshire 72-33. Columbia Academy 71, Zion 34. And another District 11 AAA matchup. Despite 17 three-pointers, Centennial falls to Independence 74-64. 17 threes. I know we said there would be no math, but that's 51 points. It's a lot. They finished with 64. <laughs> so what do you say? Pre- you live and die? There you go. Live by the three, die by the three. It was pretty much an all or nothing night for the Cougars. And 
They get nothing, Cotton. <laughs> Saturday, speaking of bunches O3s, Summertown 87, Eagleville 26, the Lady Eagles, well, they're both Lady Eagles. Mm-hmm. Summertown 15 threes in that win. Yeah, they're not afraid to chuck it up either. Well, and what's crazy about that is they can knock down 15 threes or they can throw it down on the low block to um to Katie Burdett, who's a walking bucket down there. So pick your poison. And balanced. Uh, to, to your point, but not only with the inside-outside game, player-wise, balanced as well. Oh. There, there's any number of players that could lead them in scoring on a given night. They had eight different players hit threes. Mm. <laughs> eight. They had eight players hit threes. One, two, three, four, five, six. Nine players scored. Burdett only had two. And she can go for twenty uh-huh. on any given night. And they won I, by fifty. I, I guess they just decided we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let it ride from out here tonight. Katie, take a break. Go get a rebound. I'm not yeah. sure how many there were. <laughs> anyway, Summertown eighty-seven, Eagleville twenty-six. Christ Presbyterian defeats host Columbia Academy sixty-five thirty-seven. Host Grace Christian out in Leapers Fork defeated Zion Christian fifty-nine eighteen. On the boys' side. Summertown 78, Eagleville 75. Uh, Grace Christian defeats Zion Christian 71-52. Will Jackson scores 22 points to lead Columbia Academy past CPA 88-83 over at Anderson Fieldhouse on Saturday night. And this was a crazy one. I mean, CA led this thing by a bunch. They got up as much as 23 at really? one point wow. on CA, which is a perennial state tournament participant contender. Um, this is a relatively young team for Columbia Academy, but this is a big victory for them. They improved to 7-0 and overall, 3-0 and in district play with that win. And um, if you don't have a dog in the hunt, this is a team that's worth going to see at some point. They've, they've got um, – some perimeter play. They've got some um, some impressive young play down inside. Jackson, as Marty DeJarnett said, is a streaky scorer. Um, but again, finished with 22 in this one and really got them off to a good start. So uh, that's a big win. It is a big. That's win. a big win for CA. You know, on now you got to balance it. I mean, it's December. It's mid-December. But from a confidence standpoint, that's big because they got up on a really good team and they stayed up on them so um big game for them big win for them um schedule for this week all of that again is on the website at sm-tnsports.com as is this week's schedule as we know it at this time um big game tonight non-district matchup Fayetteville goes to Columbia Central. Also, Rogers, Alabama goes to Summertown. And Zion Christian will go to Cullioka. Um, Tomorrow night, if you need a little bit more planning, Columbia Central travels to Lewisburg, takes on the Marshall County Tigers. It's a uh, second round of this matchup. 
in Lewisburg, if I do believe. It is. They've already played once in Lewisburg. They've already played. Well, I wonder if this one's at Central then. This year, you never know. But now, uh, but they have played uh, early on. Well, if they played earlier at Lewisburg, then I would almost bet this one's this probably flip-flopped. I'll, um, and if you know, feel free to text us, 931-381-1017, or give us a call. Because, um, you know, we're struggling to keep up in 2020. Sorry. Um, Cornersville is at Hampshire tomorrow night. Santa Fe girls will return to the floor in the front end of a doubleheader at home against visiting Joe Burns. Columbia Academy takes on Middle Tennessee Christian in a Division 2A District 3 matchup that was postponed um, a couple of weeks ago because MTCS was having some COVID issues. So, um, again, tonight, Fayetteville is at Columbia Central in a doubleheader. Rogers, Alabama comes to Summertown. Zion Christian goes to Cullioca. Those are all tonight. Start time, 6 o'clock. Tomorrow night, Columbia Central and Marshall County play. <laughs> that game could be at Columbia Central, y'all. Like I said, if, if they've already played and it was in Lewisburg then, then that, those were probably flip-flopped. Um, hopefully by tomorrow morning we will have, or by the end of the show, we'll have more info on that. Cornersville goes to Hampshire. Joe Burns is at Santa Fe, and Middle Tennessee Christian is at Columbia Academy. That's your basketball schedule for the next couple of days. That is hour one of Southern Middle Tennessee sports today in the second hour. We will visit, as we do every Monday, with Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders. Get caught up on um, some MTSU goings-ons. We'll also check in with John Bryce from footballscoop.com on some college football activities. And the Titans did what they were supposed to do yesterday. 100%. They handled their business down in Jacksonville. The way that they should handle their business. Absolutely. In the um, manner with which they should handle their business. Against a team that's more concerned with the 2021 NFL draft mm-hmm. than they are with the 2020 postseason. That's, that's exactly what they were supposed to do. We're going to dive into that when we come back here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay with us. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by The Rock Place Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries. Their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Welcome into the second hour of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Maurice Patton, along with J.P. Plant, covering for the vacationing Chris Yao. Should be back with us tomorrow. Yeah, get the game back together tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. No. We're, what is it? We're putting the band, putting back, the band together. back together. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, Second hour, Monday, as always, 
the voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters, joining us. Chip is um, brought to you by the law offices of Blake Kelly, specializing in accident and injury law. You can find Blake on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram. Be sure and spell his name right, though. It's K-E-L-L-E-Y. Or you can call him at 615-305-4539. Mr. Walters. Yes, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well for a, for a overcast Monday. It could be a lot worse, yep. that's for sure. How yeah, are you I've, doing? I've been... I've been well, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I was wondering if Chris ever got his pancakes in uh, Gatlinburg. So <laughs> I, I don't, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if he got his pancakes or not. I think he did, but I do know we saw visual confirmation of a twenty-ounce porterhouse. Yeah, <laughs> porterhouse. Yeah. Remember that line? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. Twenty ounces—that's that's a lot, man. Well, you know, is is, is there? Is there a bone? Is there a bone in a porterhouse that could take up some of that weight? I guess I don't know. I guess you would hope. I'm yeah. more of a ribeye so. guy, generally speaking, and they don't have oh, bones. So, me, so, yeah. I, so me, I, me too. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't really know, but just just off the top, twenty ounces sounds like a lot. No, um, I guess if you got nothing, <laughs> if you're on vacation, you got nothing else to do, you got nowhere else to go, you can sit around and be in a meat coma after that. I guess so. It's okay. I would guess so, but uh, hey, more power to him. He's up there. Hey, there you go. There you go. Hey, um, on the hardwood this weekend, pretty decent weekend. Uh, yeah, not bad. I mean, the, uh, the the men did what they were supposed to do. They went out and played a, a covenant team that, you know, they remind me very much of, uh, I mean, they're Division Three. Uh, remind me a lot of like a Martin Methodist uh, mm -hmm. that we've played before, and you know, and and had problems with from time to time because they've got a, a guys who are you know undersized, play hard, shoot like crazy, and and uh, and and really play pretty good defense. They were very very well coached, but Middle ends up winning the game by about twenty. The women yesterday uh, on the road at TCU, uh, you know, had opportunities. Uh, but end up uh, dropping a, a game against a, a TCU team very close uh, on the road that uh, that they had beaten at home a year ago. But uh, the uh, the Hayes sisters continue to put up very big numbers. Another double double from from uh, from Annie and uh, and Ace uh, also playing very well. So, uh, but but still they have they are still looking for their first win. I can't remember when. You know, if uh, the last time that, that Rick Ensel got to December 14th looking for his first win, they've got Troy uh, in at home on, on Thursday. But, as you know, he always plays a very, very tough schedule, and that's been the case. That's been part of it so far. Well, they've had a couple of games canceled as well, though, so they've not necessarily played as many games as they would have to this point either. Correct. Correct. Yeah, they lost. They lost uh, both were home games. Uh, home game with Vanderbilt and uh, and a home game with Louisville, which Louisville, uh, they're top ten if not top five, and uh, and and you know then they would like I said they would have played Vandy at home, lost those two games right out of the out of the gate, and uh, and so 
you know, it's kind of limited what they've been able to do. And, uh, and, and they're, you know, the Belmont, uh, beat them at, at home. Uh, and then they were, at, you know, and then they lost a home game coming out of uh, a COVID shutdown, uh, and had a, had a three point loss to Tulane, uh, and, and ended up to, uh, TCU had a bucket, uh, uh, right at the end yesterday. It was going to be about a four point game. It ended up being six, 83, 77. They've got Troy at home, Lipscomb at home, uh, and that's it before, before Christmas and before the conference, uh, season starts. So, uh, so they, they, uh, they will end up with really only five, non-conference games because of games that were lost uh, early on and uh, and, and, and the way that the the COVID situation ended up. So they're going to play 23, 24 games if all goes well. And, and again, it's with everybody, it's kind of a week by week proposition. Absolutely. Um, You mentioned that Louisville's a top five, top 10 team, so they would not have necessarily broken through there, but Vanderbilt struggled. With Chattanooga yesterday, right? Yep, and uh, and you know, and a lot of that one, you know, it, it's great having the, the 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 highly ranked teams come in. It is, you know, Vanderbilt. They've been trying to get games with Vandy for years, and uh, and finally came up and worked out to where they were going to play in Murfreesboro this year, and you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the rug kind of gets pulled out from under you on that. So that that was disappointing that they didn't get that opportunity at home, but uh, Rick's got a very very talented group. He uh, tweaked the lineup a little bit yesterday, and uh, and uh, he has a a, a, a a big freshman who is from Russia, but went to uh, uh, Montverde Academy in Florida, and uh, she's she's really got some skill, you know, as a for a post player. And um, so he, he's got a group that, that has a lot of new pieces that, that they're still trying to get together. But, you know, I, I think they will have things uh, in order Thursday night when Troy comes to town. Glad to have Rick back. Well, you know, he was out for a little while and you had uh, – and Matt was out for uh, – he, he and his wife both uh, tested positive at different times, which extended his, his time uh, to be away in quarantine. You mentioned that the women play Troy on Thursday. On Wednesday, it's the return of Kermit. That's right. Coach Davis will be back. He and uh, his crew they uh, they play again tonight. They're they're two and zero. Oh. See, they lost a bunch of games because uh, they're you know Kermit tested positive, and then they had to shut down for like two weeks and. And uh, I was texting with him, and he was actually away from his team for like 21 days total. And uh, but they got back going last week. Went to, uh, played Jackson State up in in Jackson, Mississippi. Played Central Arkansas over the weekend. They've got I forgot who they've got tonight, but they've got a game at home tonight. Then they'll be here on Wednesday. So they they're trying to they've tried to reslot some games to here in December to get to get you know some of those that they missed but it'll be uh, you know last year we 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 played down there and were uh, woefully undermanned even uh, as shorthanded as we were we had had an injury 
and Jace Johnson was not able to play in that one. So it'll it'll be it'll be good to play them with a full complement. I was working on my charts uh, just to getting getting the rosters in as uh, before I put notes in last night and and I thought, man, this is nice because you had both teams had full rosters that filled in every slot on my charts and and uh, and you know for Coach McDevitt, this is the first year that he's had you know full group of players and and uh, and boy, we we saw we saw some some. Uh, Pretty good stuff the other day. Uh, Jordan Davis, who is the kid from Dayton, uh, he is uh, he 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 had kind of a breakthrough. Had 17 points in the second half after a bit of a slow start, but man, he is so explosive. Uh, you know, between him, Jalen Jordan, uh, both new guys. Jalen Jordan's from from St. Francis. Those are two guards who can who can go hard downhill. And can also find ways to create a shot, uh, which gives Nick, you know, something in his uh, in his gun belt he hadn't had before. Uh, you know, you normally have to run a set for somebody uh, in the last couple of years, being as short-handed as they were. But but you know, this year in particular, Jordan Davis, really really impressive, just how quick and how and that what that first step is of his. And and, uh, and and the shots that he can make, so it'll be. Uh, I mean, this group they've got uh, what they have left is uh, uh, Wednesday night with with Ole Miss. Then they've got uh, Saturday and Monday against Bellarmine. They're going to play Saturday at Bellarmine, uh, which Bellarmine this year is playing their home games at Freedom Hall, hmm. uh, and will be. They have moved to Freedom Hall. They had the, they had a about a twenty five hundred seat on campus arena. Which was a huge uh, home court advantage, um, but they uh, they have been in the same league with as Division Two with like uh, Southern Indiana, Kentucky Wesleyan, really good Division Two league that Great Lakes Valley Conference, mm-hmm. and um, and and now they have moved up there in the A Sun, and and in their first year they're going to be they're going to be picked in the upper half of the A Sun. They're going to be really good. And we'll play them twice uh, on Saturday in Louisville, and on Monday in Murfreesboro. And uh, both coaches wanted to do that uh, because both leagues are going to play back-to-back days against conference opponents starting in January. So this kind of gives, even though you do have an extra day in between, it kind of gives folks an idea of you know how's your scouting going to go from game one to game two, you know, or how are you going to handle. You know, are you, are you going to try to change anything or, you know, what kind of wrinkles are you, are you going to try to put in between game one and game two? So, uh, you know, for Scotty Davenport, who's the head coach at Bellarmine and uh, Coach McDevitt, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little – not only do you get good non-conference games, uh, you get uh, an opportunity to, to kind of give yourself a dry run on what a conference weekend is going to look like this year. Speaking with Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders, he is presented by the law offices of Blake Kelly, specializing in accident and injury law. You can reach Blake on his Facebook page. You can face uh, reach him on his Instagram, or you can call him at 615-305-4539. Chip, you're talking about the big game that Jordan Davis had in that 76-57 win over Covenant. 22 points, but um, in addition to getting downhill, three of ten. I'm um, sorry, four of ten from three point range. Yeah, he he got hot, and uh, 
hit a couple back to back, and he came out of the locker room and scored the first. He scored five points in like a minute, and it expanded like a thirteen point lead up to eighteen. You know, immediately to start the half, and and uh, and and put uh, put Covenant kind of on the defensive. He uh, he he's a he's a guy that that's that. You know, you're just kind of we we kind of been waiting on him to explode and have that that kind of game. He definitely had that kind of half, and uh, you know, Middle's going to need to have, need for him to be that good on Wednesday night uh, when when uh, when Ole Miss comes to town, which uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup. You got three kids from Irmo, South Carolina, playing in that game, including the Schuler brothers. One on uh, each team, Devonte for is playing for Kermit, and uh, he's a senior this year. And Don Trell is playing for Middle. He is uh, transfer from Charleston Southern, and uh, so uh, and, and Don Trell is a very uh, just like his brother, you know, really emotional player. Gets jacked up and and uh, and, and and likes to he plays a little bit of a flashy kind of game and really good one on one. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they keep his feet on the ground uh, getting ready for that one because you always want to you always want to show up big brother so we'll, we'll see how, how that how that works out well if he has another game like he had yesterday he'll be in pretty good shape 16 points five boards yep. nine of nine from the line in that covenant win yeah yeah he uh he uh it was it was uh, he played well and and he's shown really good spurts and and we're watching also for those uh for the for the big men who have transferred in, uh, waiting for Elias King to kind of get going, uh, the Mississippi State transfer, but uh, Jared Coleman Jones out of uh, the Northwestern transfer, you know he's 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 really come along and, and has given Middle a nice force inside. Uh, Javante Milner Chris, uh, who you know he's he's a returning guy. He's been he's been a very good bright spot off the bench. Uh, Going into yesterday's game, he was uh, he was the second leading scorer and had done it all off the bench and and he's been he's been solid both you know uh, shooting the ball and also 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 rebounding so you know he, he's been it's been a really nice uh, piece to add to the puzzle uh, to the puzzle uh, you know we've also seen Christian Fussell, true freshman out of Atlanta or the Atlanta area he's gotten a couple of minutes here and there. Still, right now he's six ten, uh, and that's something you can't coach. And uh, he's going to be—he's a raw, raw talent right now. But he's going to be very good. Still trying to feel his way through things at this point. Uh, as you said, Middle did what they were supposed to do against the Covenant team. Um, ten players scored in that one, and nice to get some folks some some playing time. I would imagine. It, it was, and, uh, and and like like you said, just about everybody who played uh, scored, and um, and you know, you know DeAndre Dishman had a nice game. He's uh, and you know he he went over a thousand days between playing uh, college basketball games. He was he had been at Eastern Kentucky, transferred to Middle, sat out a year, and then. And then last season, you know, just before they got going, blew out his knees. So he sat out another year and uh, was able to get a year back. So he's still listed uh, as a – he still has two years to play and uh, as a redshirt junior. And, 
and he's really been uh, the most consistent post player. And you can tell when he goes out there that, that he's trying to make the most of, of, of every game that he plays after having missed those two years. He's going to have a bunch of degrees by the time he leaves, huh? Uh, he might. He, I mean, be, be Dr. DeAndre. There you so, go. There you go. Well, it could be Dr. Take off part of that first name, Dr. Dre. Dr. So Dre. Knows? There we go. <laughs> well, well played. Uh, Chip Walters, our guest, on, uh, brought to you by the Law Offices of Blake Kelly. Uh, Chip, JP here, and uh, I want to go back to the Ole Miss game coming up on Wednesday. Virtually pack Murphy Center. What is this all about, and how's this going to play? How's this going to work? Well, what it is, it's, uh, it, it, is, it is a fundraising opportunity that the athletic department has put out there. The thing is, you know, we were, Kyle and I were talking in the post game, you know, how, that it is, it's very disappointing that they're not allowed to have fans right now because, you know, had it been a normal year, you'd have, it, it would be Kermit's first time to come back to Murphy Center and you would have, you know, 11,000. Uh, it would be a sellout or very close to it in Murphy Center. But what they are doing is offering, uh, it, because of lost revenue and added expenses, I mean, testing is extremely, extremely expensive, uh, the PCR testing right now. And so what they're asking folks to do is, hey, can you buy a couple of virtual tickets and you will get, you know, a, a virtual ticket and for $10 each. So, and, and it's, and it's basically a, 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 a it's a donation to the BRAA, the Blue Raider Athletic Association, to help, you know, recoup, you know, a little bit of lost revenue and give yourself a, you'll, you'll get a, a ticket, a virtual ticket for the game. So you'll have a little keepsake from it, but it is, you know, it's an, it's an opportunity to for fans to step up and, and, uh, and you know, it's, it's a marketing tool and, and a fundraising tool put together. So that's what it is um, and, uh, and, and, and what it's going to be used for. And, uh, you know, we wish folks were going to be there, but uh, they're not. So I hope they'll be, you know, tuned into the radio if they're uh, also listening to or watching it, the game on, on CBS Sports Network t- on, on Wednesday night. Got to get creative here in 2020, I guess. Well, you do, and uh, and and that was that, that's one thing, you know, because that that's something that you know had some real teeth to it, um, and 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 uh, so they put it out there, and and we'll see how how it turns out. You know, every any every and every one that comes in is is uh, is, is going to be helpful. So if you're a middle alum or fan out there, you know, go to the website at goblueraiders.com, and up at the top they've got uh, ways how you can do that and. You know, for a $20 gift back to the athletic department, you have yourself a virtual ticket to uh, and, and help uh, move toward a virtual sellout of the game uh, online. So just another way of going about things. And you're right. Uh, every athletic department is getting a little creative this year. And as you said, this game will be televised on CBS Sports Network. Um, so... Fans will have the opportunity to play JP's game of, of syncing up Chip and Kyle with the telecast. I'm not sure how that works hey, for basketball. A, there's a website for that, syncmygame.com, S-Y-N-C, syncmygame.com. Wow. Tells you how to, tells you how to do it. 
That's fantastic. I'm, I'm sure JP will be bookmarking that one. So, um, although he's that's too to easy. Have it down. Chip, there, that's too easy. There we go. There that's we too go. easy. There's got to yeah. be a little gamesmanship uh, in playing around, of pausing and playing, and and finding the right moment. That, it's all about the game what? of of getting it together, right? Oh, I know, I know, and I and I've done it before myself. Okay, you're you're watching. Okay, the ball went off the rim now, and then you start. Yep. You know, do it. You start. You start. Start your stopwatch. Okay, I need to stop it for 13, 13 seconds. You know, on the on the audio stream or whatever. We played that game, and what the SyncMyGame.com does, it tells it does not. It's not some magic that you run through. It basically just gives you the steps. Like, okay, is your radio audio ahead of the TV? And if so, here's what you do. Or is your TV video ahead of your radio? Here's how you handle that. So it gives you. The, the different scenarios and how to how to sync your your local broadcasters with the national television broadcast. That's fantastic. So what you're saying then, Chip, is that I lost out on a buku amount of money for not creating this app earlier. Is that what you're telling me? Well, you can interpret however you want to interpret it, JP. So <laughs> we report, you decide. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. When news break, when news breaks, we fix it. There so, we go. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders, MTSU men play Ole Miss on Wednesday. That's a 7 o'clock tip. You can hear Chip along with his color analyst, Kyle Turnham, one of the best pairs around here. WGNS 1450 AM, 100.5 FM. That's 1450 AM, 100.5 FM. Um, you can check that out. Also, the Lady Raiders play Thursday against visiting Troy. Chip Walters. The TuneIn app is the TuneIn app. By the way, is a great place to if you put in Middle Tennessee ST period Middle Tennessee ST period in the search bar. You you can find all of our channels. We have a channel for men's basketball, a channel for women's basketball, and a channel for coaches shows, which will start uh, in January. You can find it all right there. There you go. Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders. Presented by the law offices of Blake Kelly, specializing in accident and injury law. You can find Blake on Facebook, on Instagram, or you can give him a call at 615-305-4539. Chip, have a good week. Get that Christmas shopping finished up. We'll check back in with you on (laughs) Monday. All right. Thank you, boys. Thank you, sir. That was Chip Walters. When we come back... We're going to visit with John Bryce with footballscoop.com. Talk a little college football. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. 
They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at ByDesignCabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Going to talk a little college football with... One of the leading voices, certainly in the Southeast, on college football, John Bryce with FootballScoop.com. Mr. Bryce, good morning. Good morning, Mo. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, man, thank you for coming on. Hey, I, I thought about trying to get you on as the um, Tennessee-Vanderbilt game went on, and then after the the night's events, LSU 34, Florida 30. I'm sorry, LSU 37, Florida 34. I thought, yeah, we got to get this guy on. And then yesterday when the news broke down at Auburn, it's been a weekend, hasn't it? It, It's been a wild, wild weekend on and off the field. Um, And, of course, they're close to, to where you guys are, Vanderbilt getting ready to make its next hire. I do believe that's going to be Clark Lee. I think he's. Uh, fully emerged as the clear front runner, although the uh, Buffalo's Lance Leopold and the Army's Jeff Munkin were deep in that. Um, it was indicated to me uh, by folks at Notre Dame and some others familiar with the search that it really trended towards Clark Lee heavily over the last uh, 24 to 72 hours. So that's a big move. And then the, the Auburn move, there were whispers. There have been whispers for a couple of years now. Uh, some folks believe that really it took Auburn uh, beating Alabama a year ago for Gus Malzahn to have saved his job, and uh, that, that was just a huge shoe to drop in college football yesterday. And no question. So, going back to Vandy for a second, you say Lee has emerged over Monken and Leopold? Yes. Yes. I think uh, I would be surprised that at this point if it's not Clark Lee as Vanderbilt's next head coach. Um, he, he played at Vandy, obviously, and he's really, really tight with Tim Corbin. I think that that's something to uh, be mindful of. Those two have been friends for many years, and uh, we know that that Corbin is uh, really the best college baseball coach in America, and also his voice resonates very loudly at Vanderbilt. What happened to Will Healy? You know, I don't uh, know that that Will Healy was ever quite as as deep in it as there was uh, some speculation that he was um, I, the day that the Mason news broke on that Sunday after Thanksgiving. And uh, we released our first candidates list. Then I, I listed Clark Lee at that time and said, uh, forgive the bad baseball pun, but he would be a home run hire for Vanderbilt. I just think uh, Clark fits Vanderbilt to a T. I think that uh, from talking with people familiar to the search, Vanderbilt really wants to uh, try and find a way to pattern success similar to what Northwestern's done with Pat Fitzgerald. So uh, Will Healy was a, a trendy name, and he's a guy on the rise. But, um, you know, I still think he probably needs a year or two at Charlotte to jump to that SEC level as a head coach. And, and no, Clark hasn't been a head coach yet, but he's paid a little bit longer uh, bit of dues to get to this point. Well, I mean, when you use the baseball pun of the home runs, um, 
it's kind of fitting in Clark's particular case as he did begin his college athletic career as a baseball player down at Birmingham Southern. So it's not totally out of the realm. But I guess my question, you know, going back to the comments by you know, A.D. Candace Lee at the time that um, Derek Mason was dismissed and soon after, you, you kind of got the feeling that they were looking for someone a little bit more immersed on the offensive side of the ball. What do you know about prospective staffers, specifically offensive coordinator, if Clark Lee is the guy? Yeah, it's, it's still really early in the process, and I've had a lot of people ask me that, and I'm still doing some research uh, trying to nail that down. I do know that um, there's a consensus belief that Clark Lee will really set, surround himself with some very good people. So, yes, he's a – defensive expert but he also uh i'm told not to discount his knowledge on the offensive side of the ball and he has some strong philosophies there so i really think that clark lee will be able to assemble a really good staff in nashville and again not only that relationship that he has with tim corbin but then also um his relationship there in the nashville community uh deep ties at nba i just think that he will come in and, and be a really nice fit for Vanderbilt and build this thing, uh, rebuild this thing from the ground up in a really methodical, uh, correct way for Vanderbilt to have a chance for uh, sustained success. So hard, hard to say right now on, on offensive candidates, but I know uh, how many college coaches have reached out to me over the last few days that would like to be a part of Clark Lee's staff, and it's a lot. His respect out there is immense. He's a finalist for the Broyles Award as the top assistant coach in college football. Um, so I think this is a really good move for Vanderbilt. John Bryce, uh, our guest from footballscoop.com here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Uh, John, this is JP, and uh, continuing on Clark Lee, um, I'm curious, it, you mentioned about Will Healy maybe needing a couple more years, obviously does not have that um, that top division one, that power five, if you will, uh, experience that Clark Lee brings. Uh, do you think that coupled with maybe the hometown guy of Clark Lee was the deciding factor on this, uh, with him being, becoming the front runner? Yeah, I do. I think that, um, again, Clark has, has built to this point. He was very nearly the, uh, head coach selection a year ago of, of Boston college. And they ended up going with, Ohio State co-defensive coordinator at the time, Jeff Hathley, um, who had a little bit of NFL experience. But I, I just think that uh, Clark Lee, from those I've talked to familiar with the uh, interview process, Clark Lee really had a solid foundational plan that he outlined to Vanderbilt people about how he would systematically um, build up Vanderbilt and what his vision was and exactly how he wants to um, be rooted in the community, have the community involved, and um, build the right program on and off the field. And um, I, I just think all those were key factors for him and making him the, the clear front runner and um, probably the choice that Vanderbilt should have announced, I believe, no later than Wednesday. Also on that front, the uh, is there an announcement about facilities coming soon or a commitment to that? Uh, is that paired with this job hire? Uh, how's that playing out? 
you know, um, that's the million dollar question and, or the multi-million Multi dollar question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, Vanderbilt being a private institution, it's not as easy to, um, answer those questions via FOI requests and things of that nature. But I know that that was forefront of every coach I talked to interested in the job, every coach, uh, maybe an one of his assistants if, whose boss was checking in on the job. I know that they were expected to try and seek commitment from the, um, from Vanderbilt leaders about facilities and about, um, admissions and just working with them and making sure that Vanderbilt can compete on a, uh, level playing field while upholding the academic rigors at Vanderbilt. I, I think that was a key element. I think that also was another reason why you saw, uh, Clark Lee emerged as the top guy because he's at Vanderbilt. I mean, he's at Notre Dame, uh, very much like Vanderbilt. The, the two are similar when it comes to their academic standards and their academic reputation. So I think that absolutely gave Clark Lee a leg up on some of the other candidates. And that's, I think that's also why Jeff Munkel was in the mix. He's run a program for a while. He's had um, great success at Army where discipline and academics are hand-in-hand. Um, and he's done a really good job. I think Jeff Munkin will be a top candidate now for the Illinois job, uh, assuming that everything plays out as we expect with Clark Lee at Vanderbilt. Funny that you mentioned Illinois because I think of the news that came down yesterday between Auburn divesting itself of Gus Malzahn, Arizona making a move with Kevin Sumlin, and Illinois – Cutting ties with Lovey Smith, I would think Illinois was the most surprising of those three, but I'm going to defer to you on that one. Yeah, I think probably at this point in time and with the price tag involved, I would say I was a little bit more surprised by the Gus Malzahn news. I heard about it on Saturday. I woke up to a text saying uh, Gus Malzahn may be on his way out with as much as a $13 million settlement just to mutually part ways. Obviously, he's getting a lot more than that because Auburn went ahead and dismissed him. Uh, the Lovey News, I'm surprised he was fired because it was indicated to me late in the week there was a strong chance he might retire. Um, so I'm surprised that the AD uh, really took the step to, to fire Lovey um, because he's universally respected and loved and guys play hard for him. And uh, It was a really tough job, the state of Illinois, has uh, really been in a lot of disarray in recent years, which has a absolute trickle-down effect on the campus and then all the way down to athletics there at the University of Illinois. So it was a really difficult job in a difficult time. So I did not think Lovey Smith would be fired. I thought there was a good chance Lovey Smith would retire. Once Arizona lost to Arizona State 70-7 to on Friday night, Sumlin was pretty much done. Is that right? I honestly know I think he was done before, before that. that. Um, I, yeah, I think I think that secured the fact that it would be done the next day. Um, but we we wrote on Friday night in the game uh, that it, and and we wrote it in the first quarter, uh, where we published in the first quarter. We'd worked on it all afternoon that Arizona was going to part part ways with Kevin Sumlin, and it would happen sooner rather than later. Um, and that folks in the college football circles knew this enough that they were already lining up and calling about the job opening at Arizona before it was technically even open. Why did that not work? 
You know, that's a, that's a great question. Um, he didn't recruit the way that he did at Texas A&M for whatever reason. Um, and, and Kevin Sumlin's teams have played with a lot of uh, energy and excitement on the field. They haven't always been the most disciplined programs at Houston and Texas A&M. Um, that, and sometimes that cost him in some close games, and we saw that. Um, and then he never just got any sort of solid footing at Arizona, didn't recruit, um, had a couple of quarterbacks that he thought were going to be keys for him along his uh, career there. They didn't pan out. Um, and this day and age, and we're seeing it certainly on Rocky Top as well, if you don't have a good trigger man, then <laughs> nobody's job is safe. <laughs> it all comes back to UT. What What's going to take place up there? That's, um, it's hard to say. There's definitely – uh, going to be, I think, significant staff turnover. Once again, we're already starting to uh, see some of that. He fired Jimmy Brumbaugh mid-year. Uh, which, which, really which, which n- does anybody understand that? Nobody understands that to this date. Okay, um, I still don't. I still don't understand that, and I still don't understand that move um, mid-season, if not mid-game, which is how some people have indicated that that decision was made. And I don't understand that in the midst of a covid year where um you pay a guy over eight hundred thousand dollars to leave and, and go sit at home when when defensive line wasn't the problem right right you're exactly right um i think they'll lose chris winky i think that they'll lose other guys um they're already losing chip long and no he wasn't in an on-field role this year but he was going to have the option i believe to be in a on-field assistant coach next year he's going to be the offensive coordinator at Tulane, so there's just significant turnover and unrest at the University of Tennessee right now. Uh, I do think the Vols will uh, get back or, or land a couple of recruits this week before the early signing day period uh, begins on Wednesday. I think they've reemerged as the, the top choice for Terrence Lewis, who's widely considered the number one or number two linebacker in this 2021 class. So there's a little bit of good news there. But um, overall, I just think it's extremely um, – extremely dysfunctional at the moment in the building at, at Tennessee uh, with just so many different things on. And there's there's no calm waters um, in, at Tennessee right now. John, speaking of dysfunction on Rocky Top, Butch Jones, Arkansas State. What's uh, How's that going to work out, do you think? You know, I think that um, there are a lot of things that make that a good fit for Butch Jones to make good Butch Jones a good fit for Arkansas State um, and following that search very closely last week as it unfolded as, as uh, Blake Anderson took the Utah State job and uh, which side note I really wish the best for, for Blake and hope that that's a great fit for him we know what he went through at Arkansas State throughout the 2018-19 year uh, when his wife died of cancer after she'd beaten it back once and it was just really gut-wrenching and so um, he had loved Arkansas State, done a great job there. I think he left. He just desperately needed a change of scenery uh, for all the reminders of his late wife. And he's widely considered maybe the nicest guy in college football, so he's an easy guy to cheer for. Um, but but Arkansas State AD Terry Mohajer wanted to bring somebody in that he believed could continue the stability. Blake Anderson had been there seven years. That was the longest run they had had from a head coach in quite some time because so many others had used it as a, a launching platform. And so I, I think Butch Jones 
did well in the interview late last week, obviously. Uh, maybe Thursday evening he met with Arkansas State officials, and um, there was a lot of optimism from folks uh, around Butch Jones coming out of that interview because they felt he did really well. Uh, and Butch needs to be at a smaller place where he can kind of thrive in the underdog role um, but also have a chance to win. And I think that that's what uh, Arkansas State presents. They've got some of the best facilities in the Sun Belt. And really, um, if you didn't know you were at Arkansas State and just took a facilities tour, I think you would believe their uh, facilities are certainly on par with some mid-major Power 5 programs. I mean, they've invested a lot and just opened a brand-new facility, maybe a $75 million facility within the last 18 months that's extremely state-of-the-art. So um, I think if Butch Jones has learned like he claims he has in the last three years from Nick Saban and surrounds himself with good people, that he will have a chance for success there um, because that's more uh, of the type of program that he needs to be in. When, when he went off the rails completely at Tennessee, it's when the expectations racketed it up and he did not make quality hires around. Not for nothing, but his contract finally expired at UT. Is that right? I mean, the, he exhausted his yeah, financial think, well, windfall. I think, honestly, it was expiring in uh, January or February. And so, um, you know, he'll – Tennessee will save a little bit of money over the next two months, I believe, uh, <laughs> on the end of Butch Jones, but not much. So, um, again, I know the conspiracy theorists out there are kind of like, oh, well, now he gets the job now that he's done collecting a check from Tennessee. But that just wasn't the case. He was a finalist a year ago for the Colorado State job, had a verbal offer for that job, and then the Colorado State president got involved and decided she wanted to go in a different direction. Um, or Butch Jones would have been off the Tennessee payroll um, close to 13 months ago. Well, in all fairness, I'm not mad at him. I mean, if, <laughs> if, if you can get paid, get paid. I mean, you know, they yeah, signed the, the contract. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, the, 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 the failure money in the SEC is something else. In college football coaching in general at a high level, but in the SEC, I mean, look, guys, Gus Malzahn is due $10.275 million by January 12th, There's, he gets 50% of what he's owed in the first 30 days. So sometime in the next 29 days, Auburn has to make sure it sends Gus Miles on a $10.275 million wire transfer. That's insane. And you would never see me on another sideline if I was Gus Miles on. I don't know that you'd ever see me again, period. Forget it, a sideline. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> John Bryce, footballscoop.com. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Absolutely, boys. Have a great week. Thanks hey, for you the too. Visit and uh, join you guys anytime. Bye-bye. When we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, going to talk a little bit about a certain pro football team taking care of business this weekend. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Come back for the final segment after this. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. 
Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Whenever I chance to meet some old friends on the street, they wonder how does a man get to be this way. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Maurice Patton, along with J.P. Plant. I'm not quite the country music fan that um, the absent Chris Yao is, but... You've got to kiss an angel good morning. Oh, it's good. It's good stuff. I, I do re- I do recognize greatness, and we lost a great one over the weekend when Charlie Pride died. Saturday in Dallas, Texas, at the age of 86. Um, CNN.com refers to him as country music's first black superstar. Multi-talented Charlie Pride, oh, yeah. who um, played baseball in the Negro Leagues back in the 50s before going on to fame as a recording artist, a member of the Grand Ole Opry, obviously. 52 top 10 country hits between 67 and 87. Um, is anybody going to San Antonio just between you and me and Kiss an Angel Good Morning? Some of his greatest hits. Um, Charlie Pride, dead at the age of 86. Condolences to his family, his friends, and his fans. Certainly left a legacy. Oh, without question. Yeah, no question. Um, moving on to happier thoughts. The Titans sitting here at nine and four on Monday morning, three games remaining against the Lions, the Texans, I'm sorry, the Lions, the Packers and the Texans in that order. Realistically should win two of those next three. I think so on paper. Definitely. Uh, obviously, the Packer game is the one that you would expect them to be an underdog going in. Uh, certainly, the way Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay is playing right now. That, certainly, the way that defensive yeah, secondary is playing. That's, uh, that, too. Um, that is not something you want to see if your uh, Tennessee uh, defense is Aaron Rodgers. But they're going to have to face that. Uh, but you never know. Anytime you've got uh, somebody like Derrick Henry, who it's, it's amazing. I saw a stat uh, from Sunday when he reached over 200 yards, the fourth time for Tennessee, for the Titans, everyone else in the NFL in that time frame, four collectively. The entire NFL, the rest of the league, there are only four other 200-yard games. Since 2018. Since 2018. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry has four himself. Well, um, four, he's got four games with 200-plus rushing yards and two touchdowns. 
Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, and LaDainian Tomlinson all finished their careers with three such games. <laughs> so, um, finished with 215 yards on 26 carries with two touchdowns in that 31-10 win yesterday down at Jacksonville. The single-game record is Adrian Peterson's 296. And if they had decided to get it, he could have. I, I agree. I think he is that dominant, and I think um, this offense, when they are clicking, can do that if they want to. Um, Henry, he, he's he's a specimen. I, I've never seen anything like him. Nothing that big could move nope. that fast. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I, I hear tales, and I've seen video. Jim Brown was apparently a pretty big guy. Um, and I don't know. Henry, Henry's it's, – it's unreal. In modern football, uh, this is – you know, it's it's just something we don't see. No, no, it's not. And, you know, as we've talked before, I think he he and Ryan Tannehill complement each other in that offense in a manner that I'm not sure any other quarterback and running back in the NFL do. Uh, I, think, I think they both need each other to be successful. You know, and that's a, that's a good sign of a team, though, too. I, and I think – there are a lot of facets about this particular team that are in that manner that rely on each other. I think that's something Vrabel probably preaches. Uh, I don't know that for a fact, but I just get that sense that there is a big team, the greater good. Um, you know, that mantra, of course, uh, suited well for the Patriots all those years under Bill Belichick. No one person is bigger than the team, so to speak. Not even Tom Brady. Um, and uh, I wonder if they're rethinking that up in Foxborough these uh, days. Yeah. It's, you know, who knows what that relationship was between Belichick By and Brady. By the time it ended? Yeah. Or I, if it was a relationship? That's the, that's yeah. the big unknown. Um, you know, I hear Tom was, was ready to, to move on anyway, regardless of whether the Patriots wanted him back. But um, no question, Brady is playing better than Cam Newton. Henry... 1,532 yards through 13 games. He finished with 1,540 last year. So, going to eclipse that. He's about 200 yards ahead of the Vikings' Dalvin Cook um, for the league lead in rushing. If he finishes ahead of Cook and everybody else this year, he'll be the first back-to-back NFL rushing champion since LaDainian Tomlinson in 2006 and 2007. So, do the math, 13 years. Yeah, and that type of performance, now LaDainian had a a nice long career, but uh, dominating in your prime is what can lead you to the Hall of Fame. We may be witnessing a Hall of Fame career in, in, um, in Derrick Henry. I think he and everybody else is much more concerned with next Sunday than anything else Absolutely. when the when the Lions come in here. So, hey, that's going to do us for the Monday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Um, be sure and check us out tomorrow as we check in with our guys up at the Williamson Herald, among other things, Charles Pulliam, Joe Williams. We'll have one of them. Oh, yeah. Check in and see which one here from 9 to 11 on 101.7 FM and WKOM. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay cool, Columbia.